You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? Nab him, jab him, tab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now. Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia presenter and executive producer of the show, Ivan Fonti. Morning and welcome to another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia brought to you here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And this morning, uh, we, well, Tony Barber is missing in action. He doesn't feel well. I hope he's all right. I hope he hasn't got COVID like I got it. A couple of weeks ago, that's why I was not on air last week. We repeated the show because uh, I was suffering from COVID. There you go. I had COVID. Anyway, uh, now I'm autoimmune. <laughs> anyway, we're on today's show, we have a great show for you. We've got an interview that we did with, uh, that Peter Maddick did with Hans Peter Brockkamp, Dr. Hans Peter Brockkamp from Germany. And also, we've got an interview that Peter Maddick did with the Flanders Connection and the guy that uh, instigated the Vandenbock Pigeons, Yannick Derrida. So let's stay tuned and get on with the show today for Pigeon Radio Australia. And first up, we have our media check for this week. The Worldwide Pigeon Radio Australia Pigeon Media Weekly Check. it's time for our media check this week where we comb the internet and all the newspapers and find out some uh, great articles about pigeons and pigeon racing so let's have a look at what we've got this week and the first article comes from the abc news 
and it reads like this. Pigeon ruffles feathers at World Snooker Championships in Sheffield. The World Snooker Championship welcomed extraordinary guests at Sheffield's Crucible Theatre when a pigeon swooped down and walked across the table. The feathered guests briefly alighted on the base in the afternoon session of the match between defending champion Mark Selby and Yang Bingtao on Friday. Well, I don't believe that BBC commentator and former world champion Ken Doherty said. We've got a pigeon in the crucible, he added with a giggle, in case the identify of the winged intruder remained a mystery. Have you seen anything like this? Yan appeared briefly perturbed as the pigeon flew past him to the floor before hopping up onto the table where the referee was racking the balls for the sixth frame. It then startled Selby, who was just returning from backstage through the player's entrance to the playing arena. Oh, it's coming up to the commentary box, Doherty said. Hello there, veteran commentator John Virgo said. Where's the pigeon going, he added. Back outside to the relative safety of Sheffield. It turns out after staff managed to capture the intruder and release it. I think he feathered the cue ball. The match referee told the players while the crowd settled. The pigeon provided a brief footnote in what was an enthralling encounter between the two players, which was won by 22-year-old Yan. Well, let's have a listen to this uh, recording of when the pigeon arrived at the World Snooker Championship in Sheffield. the drape. I think he feathered the cue ball. Oh. <laughs> Got to the dressing room. <laughs> okay. Settle down now, please. Thank you. And our next story comes from History Extra. And it's about pigeons in war, winged warriors, pigeons in the First World War. In the centenary year of the First World War, the UK is reflecting on the bravery of the men and women involved in the conflict. Yet often the pivotal role of animals in the war is overlooked. From camels that carried wounded men to safety on the northwest frontier of India to dogs fitted with apparatus for laying telephone wires. Here, Lee Fribbins from Racing Pigeon magazine explores one of the most important war animals, the humble homing pigeon. With the advantages of communication technology today, it is easy to forget that homing pigeons were often the difference between life and death for First World War service men and women. Said to be one of the toughest birds on the planet, voluntary flying more than 20,000 miles a year, the birds use their natural instincts following landmarks by aerial recognition as well as their sense of smell to ensure messages were safely delivered. 
More than 100,000 birds were responsible for sending rescue messages back and forth from soldiers to their base, with an incredible 95% successful reaching their destination with their message. But the First World War wasn't first time pigeons have been used to convey messages. The earliest records of a pigeon being used as a messenger bird is in ancient Egypt during the reign of Ramses III, 1187 to 56 BC, when they were used to convey news between cities regarding the flood state of the Nile. Pigeons also had an important role in the Roman Empire when they helped ships to warn their home port of their arrival. Meanwhile, in the Arab world, carrier pigeons were affectionately known as the King's Angels. They were brought to Europe by the Crusaders in the medieval period. An official pigeon postal service existed throughout France in the 1800s and was expanded between capitals so that a postal service by carrier pigeons between London and Paris was advertised in 1870. During the Second World War, more than a quarter of a million pigeons were donated by British fanciers to help the war effort in all three of the armed services and the civil defence. Many bomber and reconnaissance aircrafts that left RAF stations both at home and abroad carried two homing pigeons, which would be used to send rescue messages back to their base in case of their aircraft making an emergency landing. Pigeons were also carried by ground forces and dropped by parachute to resistance workers on the continent. The pigeons, when released with a message or other intelligence such as maps strapped to the pigeon's back in a special tube, would use their natural homing ability to get home. German forces also used pigeons as message carriers during the war. They were so concerned about intelligence getting back to the Allied forces on the mainland Europe and in England that they employed hawk handlers along the coast of the North Sea to use these birds of prey to attack the pigeons, to try to prevent the devastation the loss of the pigeons would cause. The British government ordered a cull of these birds of prey along the south coast of England, where they were most prevalent. There has been some significant recognition of pigeons' contribution to the war effort. Of the 63 Dickon medals, the animal equivalent of the Victoria Cross awarded to date, 32 were given to homing pigeons. Maria Dickon, founder of the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, PDSA, created the Dickon Medal in 1943 to acknowledge outstanding acts of bravery displayed by animals serving with the armed forces or civil defence units in any theatre of war worldwide. One such winner was Dutch Coast recognised for delivering an SOS from a ditched air crew close to enemy coast 288 miles in 7.5 hours under unfavourable conditions. While serving with the RAF in April 1942, another was Royal Blue for being the first pigeon in the war to deliver a message from a forced landed aircraft on the continent while serving with the RAF in October 1940. The bird was donated by King George VI. And here's a uh, story of a racing pigeon that comes out of Hawaii. Hawaii racing pigeon returns home nearly a year later. Honolulu, 
You've probably heard of racing boats, cars and horses. What about racing pigeons? Well, one Hawaii pigeon racer said he does just that. And he isn't the only one. Racing pigeons is not what you might think. Pigeons are known to be smart birds that can retain simple commands. Lester Buttle said he trains pigeons on an extension of his loft and it only takes a couple of weeks. They go there daily as part of the training for two weeks straight, said Batul. Then after I open the door, which becomes a landing board, so they can land and enter the drop entrance. According to the American Racing Pigeon Union, this hobby has been around for centuries, with chapters all around the world. In the 1860s, homing pigeons were imported from Europe, and in 1872, the first club was formed to conduct races. They report the fancier clubs flew pigeons individually or in challenge matches. Now people race pigeons in a few different ways, either at a club or organisation or in the comfort of their backyard. The Royal Pigeon Racing Association classified pigeon racing as a sport in which specially bred and trained pigeons are released from specific locations. They then race back to their start location and the fastest pigeon to return wins. It is not cheap to be a pigeon racer because you are taking care of living animals, RPRA said. If you plan to keep your own loft, then there will be upfront costs to get started, along with the added costs of feed, vaccinations and other equipment. Some people choose to keep their pigeons in someone else's loft and would rather pay a boarding fee to house them elsewhere. RPRA reports racing pigeons, sometimes called flyers, can live for upwards of 20 years, whereas wild or feral pigeons like the ones you see downtown Honolulu have a lifespan of three to four years. Battle said back in August, one of his racing pigeons was flying with others as part of their routine when one of them didn't return. He doesn't land on their on other houses or buildings, other the wires near my flying loft, said Batul. So when I didn't see him, I already knew he might have flown together with other loft flyers, Pigeon, as there are more flyers in Uwa Beach. Months later, his pigeonly final finally made his way home. However, Batul noticed its wings had been slightly trimmed. He believes another flyer may have caught the bird and trimmed the wings. Both sides of the wings was trimmed to prevent from flying high, said Batul. I think my bird saw an opportunity to get out and fly with the help of the strong wind. Batul said it took him an hour to get the bird down from the wire, where he landed as it was high, and since the pigeon's wings were clipped, it would have been hard to safely land on Batul's loft. Although his pigeon's wings had been clipped, Batul said the bird can still be a flyer later in life. He'll just have to wait until his wings grow back to their proper size. And here's a story that comes out of Malta, and it reads like this. Not even racing pigeons are safe during hunting season. Racing pigeon enthusiasts are riled up over incidents where their birds have been gunned down from the sky by hunters. A flock of racing pigeons came under fire from unknown hunters over the Alderata Cemetery in Paola, in Malta, in the latest incident that has angered enthusiasts. 
Seven racing pigeons are believed to have injured and one was killed in what appears to have been a deliberate targeting of the birds. And the illegal act is not an isolated incident, according to Charles Sherry, who is president of the Federation of Racing Pigeon Clubs in Malta. We experience these problems every time the hunting season opens, and over the years we have had several talks with the FKNK to address this issue, Sherry told Malta today when contacted on Thursday. He said there are several hotspots where racing pigeons have been targeted over the years and these include the Eldorado Cemetery, Delimara, Kormi Valley and Gago. Sherry said that he talked to the president of the FKNK this morning adding the hunting organisation is taking the matter seriously. And here's a uh, story of racing pigeons that comes from uh, the election here in Australia. And it reads like this. Federal election 2022, Australia votes. Carrier pigeons sending mobile black spot message to Canberra ahead of federal election. About 150 carrier pigeons have been released into the sky from Victoria's Goulburn Valley in a pre-election stunt to demonstrate the region's poor communications network. Independent candidate for Nichols, Rob Priestley, dispatched the birds from the rural town of Wongu to put major parties on notice about the need for better phone and internet coverage. Lots of small communities in our electorate suffer from either poor quality coverage or no coverage at all, and it has really serious impacts on our economy and on the safety of our residents, he said. We want to see that changed. Mr Priestley uh, said Nichols had received little funding from the federal government's mobile black spot program compared to the neighbouring electorate of Indy, which was currently held by independent MP Helen Haynes. I think there's an indictment on the representation we've had for this community, he said. There are clearly mobile coverage problems and we need to... uh, need them addressed. Minister for Regional Communications Bridget McKenzie said the government had money on the table to fix mobile reception. We've just announced another $1.3 billion in the budget a couple of weeks ago, recognising that whilst we've done a lot, there's still more to do, she said. So they've used the racing pigeons to demonstrate that uh, pigeons can send messages quicker than mobile phones or internet. In country Victoria. And here's an Australian artist with a great country and western song from Australia. And it's the Shelley Jones Band with a great song called Country Style Music here on Pigeon Radio Australia. I like a country song. I like to sing along. I like a country style song.
For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Toulon Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340 551. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor Remember the last time you had food poisoning? Oh yeah, miserable. I didn't get out of bed. It came out everywhere. I honestly thought I was going to die. The chills and feeling all tired was what I wasn't expecting. Delirium and vomiting, diarrhea. It was like coming out of all orifices. I had it once and it wasn't great, I'll be honest. The last time I had it was like a whole day and the whole night. Food safety. Be prepared. Find out more at foodsafety.asn.au. What you hear on community radio is governed by the Community Broadcasting Codes of Practice. The Codes of Practice cover matters relating to program content that are of concern to the community, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music content, programs for children, and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting to the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this service. Copies of the codes are available from the Community Broadcasting Association website www.cbaa.org.au Hi there, it's me, Graham the Garden Gnome. If you want to know everything about where I live in your garden, listen in to Molly's Blooming Hour every Saturday at 4pm, only here on 88.3 Southern FM. <laughs> this is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world, musically speaking, from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ.
You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, all the way down under in Melbourne, Australia, the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world. You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the only sporting racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au, and don't forget, you can catch our podcasts weekly via the Podbean Network, which has been voted the number one podcasting app on the internet. That's podbean.com. Go and check it out. Pigeon Radio Australia on the Mr. and Mrs. Google machine and we'll come up on top of the Google page. Please. Hello guys, we got live from Belgium, Janek Benerica from Flanders Collection and uh, we will start now that interview. Yeah. Hi Derek, how you, uh, Yannick, how are you going? I'm very fine, how are you? Good, good, very fine. Huh? Thanks for taking the time to talk to us here in Australia. No problem. Uh, the first question I want to ask you is how did you start with spin? Well, uh, about 18 years ago, uh, I had an injury during a tennis match. Uh, we were training a lot those days. So I had a lot of free time sitting outside watching what's going on. And I saw all those pigeons flying into the air uh, from the neighbor lofts. Uh, in those times, 18 years ago, practically every house in Belgium kept pigeons. They were racing pigeons. So... If, if for sure in my town uh, everywhere was flying pigeons and uh, that's actually how I got interested uh, we had a butcher shop in, in where, we, where we where we lived and um, those clients came to the butcher shop they told me oh, we have pigeons uh, I will give you a pigeon the other guy came in he told me yeah, this guy has no good pigeons I will give you better pigeons and uh, after a few years, I get a nice group of pigeons, and with a little, a little bit of a little tips from from other guys, uh, I started actually the, the pigeon racing, and that was quite successful. Start from the start, from the start, and start winning straight away with those with those area local area pigeons here, and that's actually the really, really, the really beginning of my pigeon career. What what kind of boat did you start off? What what, what was it? The family. Uh, the off there was just local family. Uh, this in this area we are very famous for sprint. Uh, in Belgium there's area two sprint area. It's Antwerp, uh, north of Antwerp, and uh, my area. It's uh, the sector one from Brabant. Those two areas in Belgium are very famous for their sprint, and those people actually are real pure fanciers. Uh, they don't, they don't, they're not really busy with pedigrees and 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 things like this so uh, in those days was not important only the pigeons who won every week they 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 would they go afterwards they go on the breeding up and they start breeding they say mother and father they keep uh but in the very start of my pigeon career there was nothing with pedigrees involved it's only uh early 2000s uh 
that uh, 2005, 2004, that pedigrees came involved, and those pigeons, the first pigeons were uh, Gehring's pigeons, of actually 100% Sunchen's pigeons. Uh, later on, we moved uh, to a little bit, a little bit longer distance uh, because we were excluded in practically all the clubs for sprint. Uh, we moved on to longer distance pigeons, and then we were into the sublong pigeons, and then those pigeons were getting older and older, so we were looking for new blood again, and that's where we ended uh, with Leo Ehrman and the Fandom book. Actually, right now, back to the sprint. Uh, at the moment, so uh, the actual strains is Dirk Vandenbroek and uh, Leo Ehrmans, and the, the start of our pigeons was Sunchen's pigeons for the speed. Uh, I, I saw you flying under Flanders Connection. We don't fly under the name Flanders Collection. Eh? That's actually no? the name of the breeding loft. Ah. That's the, the breeding loft name. We flying under the river van Ambranda. And before uh, I, my my former racing partner was Mullemans. It was in the, that was actually the very 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 early in early two thousands, and then later on Yannick Ritter, and then afterwards it was uh, the Ritter van der Are you are you still racing or? I still race. I we don't race that much anymore. Uh, I don't have time to do all this. We have uh, a corn a, a corn brand. We have products, pigeon products, we're breeding a lot of pigeons to supply people with good pigeons all over the world. Uh, I'm a lot of times I'm, I'm just traveling uh, from one country to the other country, to one auction to the other auction. So to spend a lot of time on the racing loft is impossible uh, for me. So every year I pick one team, which I care for, uh, a little team, and we try to do that well. Uh, last year we did 23 races. 23 races with the hands. We won 13 times first and five times second, so they did very, very well. But I have my satellite lofts, uh, like Sheldon Leonet in, in Ireland. In With four races, we won two out of four national races. Once we clocked in the second national race, we clocked uh, eight pigeons in first nine. I have a satellite loft um, in Portugal, where we win second and third national race pigeons second national champion middle distance uh, I have um, in the United States I have also uh, Andalian Sackis who's racing my pigeons he won the first ace pigeon in uh, little Belgium Florida Brooksville um, that I have next year Les Green joining the team he won last year already with the same strain and we have uh, first national ace pigeon in the UK also, the, for, with the old birds, also the first national ace pigeon in the UK in the young birds was with my breeding line, the Vandenberg book with the Hermans lines. Uh, I have um, myself, I have as of my, all my pigeons, actually. I think it's complete lost from my, from my breeding loft. He won third national ace pigeon in Holland. I have in Sun City the breeding line you know, of our pigeons in the second uh, final winner, in the fourth final winner, in the fifth final winner. I have in Germany first provincial ace pigeons. I saw Mr. Bockham comes up later on. I think his best yearling cock is from my loft. I think his best young bird from last year is from my loft. So we have so many references uh, from famous and good pigeon fanciers and our, our satellite lofts, you know, partner lofts that actually that I, I leave the racing now to it, to them because I, can, I can't do it properly anymore. So it's better to leave it to the people who can, you see. Mm. 
There is a lot, a lot of time, a lot of time going into pigeon racing itself. Uh, to be honest, when 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 we were we were racing the pigeons uh, before, we spent eight to nine to ten hours a day in in the pigeon lofts and with this kind of business of breeding and 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 the side businesses of pigeons being outside of the country sixty uh, percent of the time, it's hardly impossible to 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 keep up racing. Uh, Tell, tell us, listeners, something about the Van Bulk pigeons. We know that they came some to Australia. You told me there's three fences yes. in Gordon. Yes, yes. Tell yes. us something, how they've been traded. I, I still remember the old days of, of Albert Marcellus' sprint. Mm-hmm. And then later on came then Leo Herrmann, and now it's the new, new speed line, the Van Bulk. Tell, tell the listeners yes. a little bit about the Van Bulk, how they got created, something about, about Dirk Van Bulk. Yes. Uh, well, actually, the Vandenburg would be not Vandenburg without the Leo Hermann's pigeons. Um, is is the start of of the Vandenburg strain starts with Leo Hermann's. The uh, two pigeons, actually, the first pigeon I will introduce is the the Golden Lady eight seven one. She's a two thousand and seven daughter of the dream pair of Leo Hermann's, and then there is another pigeon. It's uh, the the grandson of uh, Olympiad uh, 003 is Blue Leo. Uh, those two pigeons, it's a cock and a hen, he got uh, through Leo Hermans. Um, in those days, the Vandenberg had a little bit of his own strain, a mix of very old bloodlines from himself to the Richard schools. And each to the, from those to each two those pigeons, they were paired back to this old breeding line of the Vandenberg, and that was actually the successful combination. So the the line of the Vandenberg is built with two uh, original Leo Hermans pigeons. The the hen, the daughter of the dream pair, a daughter of New uh, Aussie with Enochia, uh, she was responsible for breeding the Hooderode and the Bodderhooderode, the two main cocks. And then the blue Leo, together with a, a middle distance, middle long distance pigeon from the Vandenberg in 2002, she's called the old Coles hen. Uh, they were responsible for breeding the 40,000, the 999, 998, uh, the 4,000, it's the Olympiad Pigeon in 2010, if I'm correct. So that is actually the other bloodline. And then Dirk started to make these pigeons together with each other. So he put the Guderode together with the 999, 998, and he started to put the Brotherhood Roder to the 40,000 and the 999. And then those children paired back to each other. That was actually, again, the Dirk and the Book breeding line, the Dirk and the Book strain, and then the super performing pigeons at actually late on. 996, the Huderoda is father to Kittel. Kittel is the actual super pigeon, uh, is the first national ace pigeon 2013, and the, the best coefficient in young birds we ever had in Belgium in, uh, in, in history of pigeon racing. And then we have another main pigeon, it's Olympic Rosita, that's the mother of Kito. She is a granddaughter of the 992, the brotherhood of order, uh, with the 40,000. That's actually the, the, another main pair, as you can, as you can describe them. So, yeah, that's actually, that's actually what you have to know when we're speaking about, uh, new, uh, about, about Dirk Fennenberg, we have Kittel, and then the super brothers drive for a new Kittel. And uh, then we have Olympic Rosita. That's the that's the mother of Kittel, uh, and she was not to mention she was first Olympiad pigeon herself in 2012. 
so actually two super performing pigeons of Dirk van den Boek building a new line, a new breeding strain uh, of Dirk van den Boek. To be honest, I think Olympic Rosita is one of the best breeding hens we had in Belgium. Uh, breeding performing combination. In 2012, uh, she won first Olympiad pigeon, uh, young birds, um, in, yeah, young birds. She won three times first in Noyon in one year in Tinderbond, Antwerp. That was a never seen record. It's the first time in life, uh, one pigeon wins three times first in the same year as a young bird in Tinderbond, Antwerp, and Noyon. She went on the breeding loft and the first two eggs she produces. It's the first national ace pigeon, the best ever we had young bird racing uh, in Belgium on the sprint. The second pair of eggs she breeds is Greipel. Greipel is first national champion KBDB sprint and sixth national ace pigeon KBDB sprint. Afterwards, they separate the pigeons again because it was thinking to race Olympic Rosita in 2013 also. Afterwards, after winning the two national pigeons, he put her back in the breeding loft so she wasn't allowed again. So in 2014, the first two eggs was New Kittle, again an Olympiad classificated pigeon uh, for the Brussels Olympiads. So it's year after year she was in the breeding loft. She produces nationalist pigeons or Olympic pigeons and herself being an Olympic pigeon and three times first prize winner. I think it's something amazing. Yeah. Uh, then, then Van Bulk pigeons. What's the best distance? How far you could race them? What, what's your experience? What's the distance where they are the best? Um, every day, actually, uh, they, they, I discover people who try them on the longer distances and, and they also win. Uh, in the beginning, I thought they were extra suitable to race 150 kilometers just up to 350 kilometers. Yes. Um, Testing in other lofts proved that I was wrong. Uh, I have the guys in Holland winning top 10 NPO uh, on races over 650 kilometers. Uh, I have uh, people winning second final in South African Million Dollar Race, uh, which is an incredibly hard race and also 500 kilometer. I think it was this year was 8 hours and 30 30 minutes or 11 hours and 30 minutes. I don't I don't know exactly, but was a really hard race and the second pigeon arriving in the Grand Channel of Tito, 100% the Phenom book. So I have the guys in Germany uh, winning pigeons from the 600 kilometer race because they have the provincial race pigeon and without the winning in the 600 kilometer race, it's impossible to win the, 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 the first provincial race pigeon. So if you, if you breed them, uh, in a right way and you're able to find a good match with the longer distance pigeons uh, they, they can do very exceptional things mm. yes I know here in Australia there's people that cross them Lero Hermans beaten into the long distance train what they own here and they're doing well since they're up to five, five mm. and 600 miles hmm? yes 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 so like they're, the, they're the a, good cross, a good cross build uh, Leo Ehrmans, of course, is always interesting to cross into those pigeons because the base of those pigeons is Leo Ehrmans. And mm. then when you cross them right and you have the result pigeons with Dirk van den Boek, uh, created strain and you put back those pure Leo Ehrmans pigeons, the best of the Leo Ehrmans pigeons, uh, I think, I think it's always very interesting. I think that's also what, uh, Gottfried Weiss and Steve Lukas are doing. Uh, 
uh, the two guys in Australia, which I'm sure from the they already have those pigeons. Uh, I think another guy is importing them also. I don't know if they are all live yet. David Van Alt, he has also some pigeons from our lofts uh, in Australia. And they, can, they can all very soon off the quarantine, huh? Yes, I think so. It's always always hard to, to get into Australia yeah. because we got very hard quarantine regulation. No? It's not easy to get into mm-hmm. here. That's something a long, long wait. It's it's very difficult for us also because um, in Belgium uh, we are a professional pigeon company and uh, we are we have to we have to vaccinate our pigeons uh, six weeks old from the government. Uh, that 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 that's that's the law. We have to. We are. We can't. We can't avoid that. And then for Australia, we we cannot vaccinate the pigeons. Mm. So they have to go very 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 young out of the lofts uh, to, to to do it all correctly. And uh, mm. that's not an easy job to 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 get that fixed all the time. Mm. People don't like that. The pigeons don't like to travel on that on that very young age. Um, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that the regulation gets changed in, in the in the future in Australia. But we never had paramyxo virus in Australia, but we got it after seven years. It's only yeah. a matter of time before maybe they change the quarantine regulation of that. But there's no threat anymore. We got a vaccine against it. Yes, I, I hope people, people there the are, are prepared for this because it's it's a disease. It's it's, it's a devastating disease and. and and you should be prepared to, at all times uh, to, to get this disease out of out of the lofts and, and, and to make sure all pigeons are vaccinated uh, in just in case it, it ever happens, you see. Hmm. Remember when I spoke to you last week and I asked you about how the, how the colors come into the bandwulk in the tights and the red ones, strawberry, mealy. Well, usually the Leo yes. Airman spin the most blue bars when I, when I watch his, his spin, blue bars or checkers. And all yes. of a sudden, I can see the, the new pin from Van Bulk. They're getting all them, them, them different colors. Can you tell the listeners yes, where, yes. where them colors come from? Sure, 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 sure. sure. Uh, actually, uh, there is one strain of Leo Hermans uh, who throws several colors, all kinds of colors, and that's the new dream pair. Uh, they throw blue pigeons, blue white pie, checker white pie. Um, they, they, they have a, a very special special color also I don't actually know how you call it in English uh, it's 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 not a mealy pigeon but it's 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 half mealy half blue so this this pair they throw really all kinds of colors and to, it happened to be that Dirk Vandenberg uh, started his train with a doctor of the dream pair the new also with Enoka so that pigeon uh, paired back actually to uh, a mealy cock uh, throw the to start the first pigeon uh, was the Gudoroda. He win also first against 2,500 pigeons himself, and that is a, a red pied pigeon. And then the second one they throw is a blue pied, which the blue pied pigeon. So actually, that's that's the reason where the the, the red and, and the white pied comes from. The two main breeders, it's the Gudoroda and the Bottle Gudoroda. The other line, the line of the of the blue Leo. Uh, this is blue pigeons, pure blue pigeons. So mm-hmm. they all turn out to be blue. Yeah. <clears throat> Another question: We had a discussion here on 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 in the internet about pin, the pin of the getting faster. Today the pin are faster than 30, 40 years ago. What what's your opinion? Are the pin flying faster <laughs> today than 30 years ago? What's what's your opinion on that? 
Yeah, that that that's 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 true. Um, we were discussing actually the same the same topic a few days ago between Panthers uh, here in Belgium. Uh, we were talking about them when I was clocking and in. in Middle 2000s, uh, 2005, 2006, 2004, 2007, when we were clocking actually our 24 widow in less than 30 minutes from the 300 kilometer race, people were talking about it all over the province. Uh, was, was something incredible. We, 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 in, in less than half an hour, we, we practically talked every week the complete loft. Uh, if today, you don't clock all those pigeons in less than 20, 10 minutes. Half of the pigeons is not in result anymore. So the races are getting faster and faster and faster uh, every every year. And one of the reasons of of the of this phenomenon, uh, in my opinion, is because of the short distance racers are all they always pushing their pigeons a little bit farther, selecting out the real short the, the pigeons which are not able to do the short and the middle distance. And that is the reason why. So those the, those really sprint pigeons are pushed every year a little bit farther uh, on distance. So they're creating every year uh, faster pigeons, and you need every year faster pigeons to win the same the same races than before the 300 kilometer races. The guys who were former 150 kilometer races sprint racers. They move to the 300. The other guys move a little bit farther to the 500. The other guys from the 500 move a little bit farther uh, to the 700. Long distance racers are telling me, uh, actually the guys Pronkart, they win first national, uh, Narbonne and first national Barcelona. First national Barcelona one hour ahead. Uh, they're leaving my area. There's good friends and, and we sell their pigeons also. Um, the, they were telling me that in a certain moment on the Kaur and Brie, it's six, seven hundred kilometers, they can't win anymore against us because their pigeons are getting too slow and our pigeons, uh, getting, getting, uh, what, what should I say? They're getting stronger and better selected to do also a little bit longer races when it's, when, when they are fast races. I was clocking third national brief, uh, two years ago. Uh, and uh, one year ago, I had the best brief pigeon. It's 675 kilometer race over two years. He got, I got the same pigeon in two times in the first 20 national. He wins in two years, the, the third provincial and the first provincial. So if you see that I actually were small to middle distance races, and I can push my pigeons uh, up to 675 kilometers in Belgium, I know that I, I clocked. I clocked five out of six, I think, in less than half an hour. Uh, clocking two pigeons in first 20 national uh, to, uh, on a 675 kilometer race, which is actually not my, not my 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 racing. Uh, I just, uh, you know, it was was nice weather, uh, and it was in the end of the season, and I was just trying to test five six pigeons to see what they do and. We end up winning third national the, the first year I put them, I pushed them to, to brief and, and we end up to have the best pigeon in Belgium, uh, two year ranking on FIFA, uh, for, with the other pigeon, the second pigeon I clock. So, yes, that, that, that's a phenomenon. It's, it's also becoming in, becoming a fact in Belgium. Pigeons, pigeon racing gets faster and faster and faster every year. And here's another country song from Australia. And it's called Rain by Dan Higgins here on Pigeon Radio Australia. 
Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeon's inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor. 
your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Taramid. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Taramid stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. And that was great to hear from our sponsors. And now it's time to break for the Southern FM National Radio News. And we'll be back after the news with more of Pigeon Radio Australia and an interview that Peter Maddock did with Dr. Hans-Peter Brockamp from Germany. So stay tuned and we'll catch you after the news. You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And we're going to listen to an interview that uh, Peter Maddick did for us here on Pigeon Radio Australia a couple of years back with a great flyer and uh, vet from Germany, and that's Dr. Hans-Peter Brockamp. Let's have a listen. It's an honor to me to introduce Hans-Peter Brockamp from Germany, famous, famous of his long-distance train. And famous pin Euro Diamond. Good evening. Yeah, hello, Peter. Hello. Can yeah, you hear hello. Me? Can you yes, hear me? I hear you. Yes, okay. I hear you. Welcome, welcome to the radio show. Thank you very much. Oh, my first question Can you tell the listeners a little bit how you started off with the pigeons? Uh, yes, I will do. So, at first, I want to introduce myself a little bit. Um, Dr. Hans Peter Brockamp from Boppard, Germany, directly living to the Rhine Valley very nice region for everybody who wants to visit Germany. So, um, yes, we are long, uh, we have a long history in our family with pigeon sport. So my, the grandfather of my father was founder of our club in uh, Boppard uh, in 1926. So in eight years, nearly 100 years uh, pigeon history in the family. 
Um, my father started in 1948 with 11 years old and um, I by myself I, I was born in 1961 uh, started uh, to be a um, club member with 7 years old in 1968 so that are this year also unbelievable 50 years um, Yes, about our pigeons. Um, when when I studied, I'm, I'm biochemist by profession, uh, and I finished my studies. Um, my father and me we decided then to make to do the sport a little bit more professional, and we uh, uh, were very much interested in the extreme long distance pigeon racing. Up to that time, we we raced our normal program here in Germany. Uh, I think which you know very well that we are racing from 100 up to six, 700 kilometers. But the long distance was our our passion. And in the in the first years, uh, we decided uh, to to uh, to buy the first birds from from the old Fantuana strains, from three different fanciers, from Andre Fantuana himself, from his uh, cousin uh, Ivo van Leerberger, and also from Joseph Lavish three extreme uh, successful pigeon fanciers in that time. So that was our first step in extreme long distance racing in the end of the 80s. In the beginning of the 90s we went to Georges Cateus in Belgium who was not so famous here in Germany but who, who was racing extremely, really extremely well especially on the Perpignan on races from eight nine hundred uh, kilometers up to Barcelona and, and with that birth at the end we we by ourselves uh, became really really famous um, do you want something to know about the the main birds yes yes can I tell you something uh, about them birds and for example your best ones like yes, Euro Diamond Olymp yeah, okay. So um, that were exactly the, the pigeons coming from that line, from Georges Cateus. Uh, um, uh, and um, the most, the, the, yes, the, 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 the best, the, the Olympic winner, the gold medal winner on the Olympics in Ostende 2007, together with his half-brother, Mistral, uh, who won the second place on that Olympics, um, that were the 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 the, the cartouche based pigeons. Eurodiamond is the the most well known bird, perhaps or for sure, uh, the best long distance bird ever. Uh, some people know that uh, that he was sold in our total auction in 2010 for uh, 170,000 euros to mm. Japan. Was it, was it not um, heartbreaking to sell him? Excuse me? It was it not heartbreaking to sell him? Yes, but it was a decision because my father had the problems with his arms. Mm. And uh, in 2010, we decided to uh, to make a total auction on PIPA mm. with all our birds at that time. Um, all the national winners, there were altogether six national winners, three international winners, five Olympic birds, all that birds were in this auction and that made it absolutely unique in that time. Mm. And Eurodiamond was the most expensive 
but uh, the auction altogether, uh, 134 pigeons were sold for a little bit more than 1 million euro. Mm. Absolutely unique. Mm. So it was heartbreaking for, for sure, but the decision was at the right moment because my father, uh, who, who made the most of the work, um, was not able to do that anymore. So that was the reason. But coming back to the to the Euro Diamond, um, it was unbelievable to 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 see him coming back from the races. In only two years' time, he took um, he took part on five international races, and he won a first national, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a ninth. So only that five races he had. The baddest prize on national level was nine. And on international level, level, the most bad prize was 21. It was unbelievable. Mm. And so he became gold medal winner in uh, Ostende. Mm. Um, but not only the racing results with that bird were exceptional. Um, the Euro Diamond uh, afterwards showed which excellent breeder he was. Mm. Uh, there were uh, not much people who, who got youngsters but some and the most of them had unbelievable results yeah a nearly um a nearly absolutely unknown fancier from belgium a friend of george Cateus who got a bomb from us and and a grandchild of euro diamond brought him directly the first international winner from perpignan mm. um, people in your country know mark gilbert very well i think from england in mm. in england they had they never raised inter first international prizes on the island, which is extremely difficult compared to our uh, to the to the countries here in Europe. And Mark Gilbert brought the pigeons from Euro Diamond. Uh, Geoff Cooper brought the pigeons from Euro Diamond, and both won the first international with the offspring of that of that bird directly. I've been so I've been told uh, Catherine Cooper make the nice oil painting of Euro Diamond and they became a son of Euro Diamond. Is yes, right. Yeah, I think it was a daughter, but um, or it should be a daughter, I don't know it exactly again, but mm. Catherine Cooper, um, she she visited us together with Mark and Geoff for sure, mm. and she she uh, she wanted to have an, a youngster from Euro Diamond which was not available at that moment, and she offered me to uh, prepare the oil painting and uh, for that oil painting the got she got later on the youngster from the euro diamond and that was mm. yes I, i'm i'm not sure about father or mother of one of his uh, international winners yes that's that's correct um also hugo bartenburg from from netherlands brought the pigeons um basser kerk from <coughs> netherlands brought the pigeons and they all had fantastic results directly I still remember when I was racing in Germany, there was a fencer who flew in us federation. You gifted him a bird, and that pigeon became a national winner, international winner. That was Harald Schröder from yes. Aachen, and his daughter liked the, the white feather pigeons. And we had, uh, in that time, it was, um, it was a cock from 1996. Um, no, excuse me, it was from 1998. Um, it was a youngster in nest with a white hat. And I gave it to Harald for his daughter because of the white feathers. And as a yarling bird, he sent it to uh, Bordeaux 
international Bordeaux. There were only three birds the same day at home, and uh, and that bird a gift from us with our ring number directly won that race. Mm. And in between one week time, we won our first international race from Perpignan the same year with a cock from 1996. It was Armstrong. That was our first international winner. Mm. And that was absolutely exceptional that in between one week, mm. two pigeons from one fencer on two different lofts won the first international. Mm. Yes, yeah, it was nice, absolutely nice. That bird later on, uh, we got back, back from uh, from Harald to our loft for breeding, mm -hmm. and in uh, 2009, uh, first May of 2009, we had a pigeon theft on our loft. There were 33 or 34 pigeons stolen, mm -hmm. and uh, that international Bordeaux winner from Harald was also in that in that team of stolen birds. You never and find him again. No, no. We 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 knew that they were sitting in uh, in the eastern Romania near the Ukraine border, but we never got uh, pigeons back. No, never. It's pretty bad. I remember years ago. I, I'm good friends with the Frey Aldenhofen family. They used to work yes, with sir. me together. Yeah. And there was they had a robbery too in the night, and the son of of Joseph got stabbed. Yeah. And and I think he got he got a stroke on following on on, on that stabbing. Yes, I know, yes. I know about that with Heiko. Heiko was hurt. Yes, yeah. I know. So if you are racing well, if you are um, a little bit public, um, if you are well known, then the, the globalization on Internet, all that, uh, makes it difficult today. Uh, everybody can see everything, and um, it's, it's very dangerous for the extreme successful people. Yes, that's right. What I want to talk now about is about... Uh system and the preparation for your long races that's a, a lot of listeners very interested in Australian like long distance racing yeah the story is here in Australia people sending young pigeons up to 1000 kilometers huh? in the year where they're born young, huh? young pigeons young pigeons in the, the year where they're born they, they say 8 months old they're going already for 600 mile races that, that's normal here Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a race from Alice Springs, which is 1,350 kilometers. They can't send young pigeons. They must be a two-year-old. But they flew yeah. as a baby, 1,000 kilometers. Unbelievable. Can you, can you tell the listeners a little bit how you prepare your pigeons for them international long races and what system you're flying, how you feed them, how, how you build them up for that, for, that, for that journey? Yes, but there's a difference. Um, for me, uh, only to explain a little bit the difference for me also in racing, um, the, the, the pigeon racing from 100 to 7 or 800 kilometer, uh, perhaps week by week, how we are doing that here in, in our system, is totally different to the races more than 800, perhaps 900 kilometers, or for sure 900 kilometers, um, and, and also the preparation is different. Um, so, for me, it's very important that somebody who is who is thinking about to to race the extreme long distance, that he has to concentrate in that. He he should only use the shorter flights for the training, but not for the prizes. That is the first thing. Um, the preparation is also a little bit different. If we are racing week by week, we have to prepare them, and the pigeon have to regenerate uh, week by week. That is also different, and that is also an, a very important thing if you go and um, think about 
uh, pigeon buying because if fanciers are not doing that, if they are not racing week by week and the, the, the pigeons are not selected by that system, then the regeneration after the race is longer. And you, we need the pigeons who do that from, from Sunday to Sunday. That is the first thing. And the, the international races or the extreme long distance here means you can raise the birds in maximum uh, three times a year. So there's always the time of approximately uh, two weeks between the basketing and the next race. And that makes also the preparation for race a little bit different. But um, you're, you're what we are doing with with our whole team in front of the season is um, a treatment. Um, at the end, there are three different kinds of treatment. The first one is a Trishomona treatment. It's very easy for five days, Ronita Sol or something like that. Um, uh, then we give a little bit yodium and after that for sure the probiotics. Uh, after the treatment against the trisho, we treat them two days against coccidiosa. Uh, it's also very, very simple uh, using tablets or, or the bicox. And um, the last one always is um, in one year we're using the bitril for, for seven days. Um, it's a broadband and synthetic antibiotic, very strong. And the other year we use the Parastop from uh, from Dr. DeWert. That is the main the main medical treatment in front of the season. That is very very important that you prepare your birds so that they are completely healthy in front of the season. But if say you long distance birds and they're young, they're young babies. How far would you raise them in their first year? How far would you um, send them? If you are concentrating really in the extreme long distance, then the results on, on the young birds racing doesn't matter to you because the, the long distance pigeons are developing a little bit uh, slower than the short or middle distance birds. So you haven't to expect very good results compared to the, to the middle distance birds. Um, if all the fanciers are racing the long distance, then it's a little bit different because they have all the same strains. But we we didn't uh, we didn't look on the young birds result. Um, it was only important for us to raise them four or five weeks in a row so that we see they're coming home, they regenerate, and they are able to race. Uh, same with the yarlings. Um, um, compared to the system which is used in, in Netherlands where a lot of people are racing the yardings one or two times more than 1,000 kilometers, we, we never did that. Mm. We, we tried sometimes to race them as a yarling from Bordeaux, 850 kilometers, but at the end we had really, really top results also in the, in the first 10 national, mm. but the problem was uh, we lost that bird later on when they were two, three, four years old. Mm. And um, if you give them a little bit more time to develop and you wait until two years, then they are completely developed and you, you never have problems uh, coming back the, with the pigeons uh, in, in the later years. Mm. It's a little bit the system which is um, um, Noel Python in Belgium using. Um, he's, he's raising the Yarling Cox 
um, yeah, nearly without hands, only only um, from a young bird loft. Yeah, so no pressure for them. Your and for the you, for the extreme long distance, I think it's better. Your this the distance bird, extreme long distance bird, under which system they're flying on the nest or without system or to the perch? What's the system you're flying them to? It's a little bit of mix. What we did is we were we normally we were concentrating on the widows, on the cocks, and we raised um, 95 percent of our birds. We raised only the cocks, so we had a normal widowhood system. Um, had the partner at home, and cocks were racing, uh, so that everything was easy going um, when the pigeon arrived back home. So we didn't use the total widowhood system where you are racing the hens and the cocks because that brings a lot of problems uh, with the races they are not, which are not so, not so clear, not so good um, because you lose one of that couple, you lose one of that couple and there's always trouble in the loft. So I prefer the widowhood system but with the partner at home always. Um, in between that we, we raised from time to time some hens, not too much, Uh, in the beginning also on widowhood but for the long distance race we gave that hence we gave always a nest and we tried to um, to basket them on uh, on breaking eggs or on one two three day old youngsters mm. and we had the best results with that okay I'm, I'm, I like more the widow the widowhood system normally mm. I know a lot of people think the hen is a stronger sex when it comes for racing but, but you like it looks like you like the cocks more yeah it was our systems uh, and uh, it was a little bit also a question of our space and the time uh, at the end you have to concentrate to make something totally perfect and um, if you raise hens and cocks then you need the double of the time because The, the hens are training in the morning, the cocks are training in the morning, the same in the evening. So that is nearly a full-time job. Only for the training, you need six, seven hours a day for that. And um, yes, my, my opinion is if I do something, I do it right, and I want to make it perfect, and it's better to concentrate in one thing and to do that perfect than to, to do too much, and at the end it's not working. Okay. But I know I know a lot of people uh, raising the hens, especially also the hens on nest. What is right? It's absolutely right what you said. The hens are a little bit more strong, and um, especially here in Europe on the Barcelona race, uh, it's perhaps also a different kind of birds a little bit. Um, the hens are extremely successful if you, if they are prepared on nest. Absolutely. Right. I saw last year the international winner of Barcelona was a seven-year-old cock. It's unthinkable here in Australia that a seven-year-old pin can win a race like this. That was yeah, an amazing result of that pigeon. Yeah, but that is a little bit that what I, uh, I explained before. If you start too early with the big races, uh, mm. and if the pigeons are too young, then um, they, are, they will not become old on the racing loft. Mm. Um, if you give them time, and for developing, and they are two, three years old with the first big races, mm. then it's, it's absolutely easy to race them four, five years in a row. Mm. Yeah. Um, at the end, it's like it was in our case, 
when you have a supercock on the loft, uh, which is able to, to raise in the first 10 national, that kind of birds are sitting on the breeding loft very early too. Mm. But that, let me say the good or the average birds which make regular prizes and so on, they can raise easily six, seven years. Mm. We had from the old, from the old strains, from the Fambrana lines, um, we had cocks in the loft with 15, 15, 17 international prizes. Mm. So that means every year three, three uh, big races, and that means a minimum five years in a row, mm. three, three races, three prizes. Yeah. So if you do it like that, it's easy to do if you have a good one, for sure. Last year, before Barcelona was liberated, and I was talking to a local fencer. And I said, I know, I know a fencer. He flies where I come from, Eschweiler. I said, if that race gets difficult and there will be nothing home on the day, he will be up there. And he finished second international. He won national mm -hmm. Barcelona, Robert Stollenberg. Yeah, very good. You know him probably well. Yeah. He's a man who well. gives not only a small team, pitting two, as you know. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, he was in the spe specializing long distance like you, no? And he Absolutely. was really amazed that I could predict where that he will be up there, but that, that's yeah, some kind of fly has, um, So he has a very small loft. He's in Eschweiler, and you know it's near Aachen. Yeah, I come from there. Was, yeah, you know, you, I, you come from that um, from that region. You know Harald Schröder, who, who got the, the the Bordeaux winner from us. Yeah. And Hubert Stollenberg, he had a, formerly he had a Primus Interparos hen from Barcelona, um, a hen in, in Europe with the best coefficient on that five Barcelona races in a row ever. And um, he was breeding with the daughter of the Bordeaux winner from, from Harald. He was mm -hmm. uh, breeding together. And that bird you find back in the strain from, from Hubert up to the, today. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that it's the main, the main base, um, for sure his, his base is his own hen but the top pigeons coming together in the pedigrees they bring the top pigeons again mm. he had the first ace cock on the international races in Germany last year this year he had the first national Barcelona which means the second international like you said so Hubert is a very very small loft uh, but he had one of the best seasons ever last year absolutely and a nice guy too. Now I want to come to a very important, important topic, and that is, that's your product. Like we witness now that the pitten getting weaker and weaker. I read some articles sometimes in the in the German pitten magazine about antibiotica, the overuse of antibiotica. We got in the moment the virus here in Australia, which caused rotavirus. virus. Yeah. Massive problems with Salmonella worldwide. Yeah. What's 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 your view of of all the using of antibiotica and all that but what's, what's your view on that it's also a little bit different um, like I said before with the pigeons uh, the, the treatments with the antibiotics you you have to do it but you have to do it careful so my opinion is the most important thing is a top health pigeon in front of the season so if you start raising every, every, everything should be absolutely clean that's about the bacteria. If we are talking um, about the virus, it's also different. 
uh, we have in this times here in, in Western Europe extremely big problems with the young bird disease and uh, that is for sure a mix of different um, bacteria problems like coli, like coccidia, a little bit also fungus but it's a mix uh, with the adenovirus too so every fancier should for sure um, inject so vaccine his complete uh, loft birds against the paramyxovirus that is the first very very important thing um, about the vaccination against salmonella I'm a little bit different to the one or other wet I think you 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 shouldn't treat or you shouldn't not you shouldn't treat you shouldn't vaccinate them against salmonella you should treat them that is better for me because in using of the vaccines there are from time to time uh, there is to see that um, uh, that sensors who are vaccinating five six seven years get problems with salmonella in their own loft and that is a little bit surprising but at the end it's 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 also not because you can the vaccinations are made by five six seven main strains but from the salmonella typus there are 1600 well known so you cannot you cannot absolutely safety with vaccination against salmonella so for my opinion is treat them regularly once before the season and treat them again uh, in, uh, um, in the beginning of the mold and if you get a problem with salmonella on your loft then it's different then you have to treat and you have also to vaccinate them but if you don't have problems with the salmonella then I wouldn't I wouldn't vaccine mm. um, that is the difference with coli, the same. Some people say you have to vaccine against coli. Coli is a bacteria. You can do that only with a special vaccination of your loft. So I'm not a friend of that. I vac my vaccination here is normally only against the, uh, the paramyxo. And if you have a combined vaccination with pox, you can also take the combination vaccine uh, paramyxo and pox that would be possible but but don't don't vaccine them against the par parasites did did you hear about us virus we got here but what they calling rotavirus first um, when it broke out it showed all the symptoms like adeno one and two but when all the yeah. tests were done by the university and, and dr walker from melbourne and all the other guys in charge they, they find all this rotavirus a unique, vi a unique virus in the world Okay. They, is it they, only in Australia? They developed a vaccine for it now. It should come out this year. Okay. Did you guys hear about that? So I didn't hear about that name. Perhaps um, there is a virus here which is similar but um, with a different name. But I didn't, I didn't hear about the rotavirus. So the question is, uh, is it coming by imported birds or is it a special problem of the birds in Australia? So that, um, it, it, appeared, it appeared in West Australia okay. because it's unique in the world. It never got detected nowhere in the world. It can't get imported. It just it just been here. Okay. In the beginning, everybody was sure this Adeno. Well, all the symptoms we spoke to Hank, they were about it, and all the veterinarians. Ne? 
but it's yeah. definitely rotavirus, a certain strain. Okay. It's, it's very, very yeah. strange. It behaves totally different. It started very bad in West Australia. This, this lot of kitten died. Then it moved to Victoria in Australia. From Victoria, it moved up to Sydney, all in a matter of, okay. of six, eight months. But the weather changed, the climate changed, and the virus got weaker and weaker. Okay. By the time it arrived at us place here where I live, it, it, the birds' symptoms was they vomiting, they didn't even drink, the droppings was yellowish green, and it took him roughly two, three days, and they recovered, and everything came fine again. Eh? And do you have a vaccine against? Uh, there is, they're, they're making one. It was a big hurdle to get approved by the government. Yes. All paperwork is signed now. It's, it's going in production. It okay. should be available probably in June, July. Everybody's waiting for it. Eh? Some will yes. use it, some will not use it, because the new vaccine, nobody knows what will happen. Of that, that virus will not mutate. Nobody knows time will tell, no? Yeah, but at the end, the most important thing thing is if it works. So if it you will, have a big it, problem with it, that... It will be a, a dead vaccine. And I spoke yeah. to different veterinarians in your world that it will work and not work. If it not, the body not takes it, nothing will happen. They, they, just, they just get out of it and that's it. No? It would be different okay. if it was a live vaccine. But okay. it's definitely a dead vaccine and it should be all right, no? Yeah, in that case, also if you if you have the problems with the with the uh, virus that way, and it's so similar to the to the adeno, mm -hmm. then for sure everybody has to to try to uh, vaccine them against that virus if it's possible, and then mm -hmm. you see if it's working. At the end, if that uh, that's the same with the antibiotics, if you are using more and more and more, then mm -hmm. the pigeons are becoming. Um, um, much more problems year by year. And that is what we see here in Europe. We are breeding more and more with fast pigeons. We are not looking to the to the strong birds anymore. And from year to year we get more problems. And um, if the selection is more on the strong races, then you need the vitality in the birds and uh, they need a, a, a perfect natural health and um, you you don't get a natural health on the birds by treatment with antibiotics. Mm. And vaccination is totally different for sure if you if you are talking about such a virus, mm. but with the antibiotics you have to be absolutely careful. Mm. What you can do is, and that is a little bit the difference to the to the racing from week by week. If you prepare a bird for a, for a national race or for for a big long distance race and you have two or three weeks time to prepare, then I w would treat them two or three weeks before. So also first metronidazole injection in the crop, then uh, two three days something against the respiration system, something something light, so that they are coming in a good condition, and that combined at the end with a good nutrition, like the supplements um, we, we want to talk about, then you have all the, the possibilities or you, you have all the, you, you make everything possible for a bird to, to raise what's, what, it, what it should raise. Mm. Yeah. So um, you, yeah, you have to do everything for a bird. If you, if you, if you raise it such a, such a difference, such a distance, then you have to do everything for that. Absolutely, yeah. But don't use the treatments 
like some webs recommend to use uh, every week something against threshold, next week an antibiotic, the week after something against uh, coccidia, whatever. So week by week and that's the whole season. That is not working. Then uh, you will not finish the end of the season. That's my experience. Excuse me for that, but that is my personal experience. I don't like that. But to prepare for a special race is different. Tell, tell us something about your product, pre and probiotica. People, most people know something about probiotica here, but we can buy. Tell us something about pre and probiotica. That what it does in the pigeon. What what what, what it is? Yes, that prebiotica and probiotics. They are they are near together, like the like like the name says it. So let us start with the probiotic. Uh, that is the, the the base I I I started my company with. It's a well-known product here in Europe. I don't know if you know it in Australia, but it's a Probac 1000. It's a combination of three different strains of bacteria inside, and it was a lot of work to get from all the commercial bacteria we have in the industry, which are which are um, registered only for for the for the big animals. Yeah, not for pigeons. Nobody is is is, um, is preparing uh, probiotics for pigeons. So, what we did, we took all the commercial available probiotics, and we feed them to the birds. We make tests, and we uh, we we took a look which of the uh, which of the probiotics we find back in the intestinal of the birds. And the, at the end, we got three strains: an Enterococcus and the pediococcus and the lactobacteria and that that combination we are using in our Probac 1000 and the very elegant system is that you get the perfect health of the bird without using antibiotics mm. because the, the intestine is responsible for the immune system and if the intestine is 100% okay then the health of the pigeon is 100% okay and that is completely different to that what the veterinaries are are talking about for 40 years and that makes it so so difficult to uh, to explain to the fanciers that you can have a um, really healthy pigeon without using the antibiotics yeah like i said before i'm i'm not a holy pope about um medicines and i'm also not a, a natural pope for that but you, you can treat them in the beginning of the season. But if you are using a natural system in the season, then you have much more success at the end over a season. The probiotic, the using of the probiotic is interesting for the, for the people who, want, who don't want to use antibiotics. They can have healthy births. But also the people who are using antibiotics um, need the probiotics to rebuild the 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 immune system in the intestine because the the antibiotics destroy everything they destroy the good and the bad bacteria mm. and that good bacteria that give a lot of essential um, nutrition to the to the birds to the organism mm. and if you destroy everything then the complete immune system is dead and also the essential uh, elements 
the, the bacteria are producing for you uh, will be not produced. If you're using an antibiotic system or if you give an antibiotic treatment for four or five days, then the complete uh, B vitamins are away. So there are not bacteria who are, using, who are preparing the, the B vitamins for the birds. So all that things you have to know if you, if you decide what kind of system you want to do. And uh, that was the main aspect um, to prepare such an such an probiotic like that. And at the end, what is very important is if you're using a probiotic, it should be high, high concentrated. So um, in, in, in our case, we have seven, it's, I have to say it in incorrect in English, I think it's seven billion bacteria per one crumb of the probiotic. And uh, that makes it extremely effective. And uh, very, another very important thing is um, the bacteria are microcapsuled. And that microcapsulation um, makes it possible that the bacteria are not destroyed in the stomach, so that they are coming to the intestine. And that makes the product absolutely wonderful. It's our absolutely best seller. So we are selling now in, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think we are selling in 26 different countries. So hmm. Only for the pigeon fans, yes. So it's what? very well known. What do you think of that old but school when people put natural yogurt on their food, <laughs> give the pigeon natural yogurt? What do you think of that? Yeah, you can do that. It's better to do that than nothing. But at the end, it's the, the question of the concentration I told before. We know here very well the, the natural yogurt. We know the Actimel. We know the, the LC1 from Nestle. But the, the big difference is that you, to get the same concentration on bacteria, which we have in one gram, you need 50 pots of yogurt. So in, in 50, so the, and, and that is not a, you, you don't have the possibility to give so much um, yogurt to the, to the food to get that concentration of, on bacteria. Mm. And that makes it big, the, the biggest difference. The yogurt is okay, but also the, the lactobacteria which are inside the yogurt is more for the humans. Mm. And uh, if you feed them, you, after, after five, six hours, you don't find that kind of bacteria back in the intestinal because they are not specific for that kind of uh, birds. Yeah. Another thing, when we talk like really of, of the name yogurt, and in the old, in the old days, they've been teached, when you want that your birds molting faster, you give them buttermilk. Yes. What do you think about that? that? Yes, absolutely. That are though a little bit the, the, the old um, secrets, let me say, from the old fanciers in the former times, you can do that. It's always natural, it's always good uh, to be serious from time to time, I do that too. But uh, at the end we are, we are talking about high performance sport. Pigeon sport is a high performance sport. And uh, like it in humans, if you follow the Olympics or if you're following the, the, the big championships uh, for the, in the human sport, the big sportsmen, they, uh, they are well um, um, protected by medical people, but they are also 
um, protected by the by the people who are who are responsible for the food, and and it's the same in pigeon sport. It's it's not the same. You can do that kind of things, but that don't bring you to the top. Uh, let me say in the Champions League. Yeah, you need you need everything perfect. We got one vet here. You reckon when you give any milk products to pigeon, it brings nothing. They can't take nothing out of it. Is that true? Uh, you go and try to make all milk products or not, no? Yes. So what? It's like I said. Uh, at the end, um, it, it it I think it brings not too much to the birds, but it's better to do that than to do nothing. Um, but like I said before, the bacteria in the milk. They are not specific for the birds, mm. and it's the same with the with the um, with the lacto uh, with the lacto sugar. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about if the if the pigeons like that very much. So, uh, so we, for the yeah, when we talking about milk, I remember when I was young and in, in, in the nightclubs and got really drunk. For me, it was the best cure. The next day, when I drank a lot of milk, it got sure. me very quick going again. Sure. That's the also fancy when the pigeon coming home from the hard race, they're giving milk, milk with honey in the water, mixed, huh? Yeah, but it's totally that. different. It's totally different uh, yeah. what you said. If you are drunk and you want to regenerate, perhaps it's working, but the next day you don't want to race um, a marathon. Yeah, yeah? yeah you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not a preparation for mm. a big competition. Mm. It's it's only because you did something wrong and you try to re recover a little bit better. And for the for the pigeons, the most important thing for recovering after a race, for example, is the protein. It's the animal protein, like we are using in our case. It's APF90. It's, it's a very very high performance protein with a BV of 134. Um, that is very important for a bird. And a high performance animal protein after racing using over the feet. Yes. Well, let me talk. Let me talk about what protein. What What you thinking of? Like that old style piece feeding piece. I'm using a product like creatine or power play, yeah. or you call it in Germany. Yeah, but creatine. The old school is here. Piece, piece, piece. Mm. What do you reckon of that? Yeah, I know that. From the from the countries who are racing over the sea, uh, like Great Britain, like we see it in Taiwan, um, a little bit also from the Canarian Islands here, uh, if the pigeons are racing overseas, um, it's more difficult for them uh, on the water because they have not not the wind from from below, and uh, they need a lot of of energy coming from the protein, and all that countries. Are using more, we say here the the heavy feet with peas and with beans and so on. Um, here in Europe, it's more modern to use lighter feet, a little bit more light. But I I personally I'm also not a friend to use a food without the peas. We have we have um, a food or our our food is a mix from three different kinds, and um, one of them is. Always a food which which uh, includes also the the peas and the beans, mm. and the, and the pigeons which raised only two hours coming back, 
uh, knows himself that it don't need that. But uh, a pigeon arriving later on uh, needs different things. Uh, if there were six, seven uh, hours in the air, also from coming home from a short distance, um, they need more. And it's, it's the same like you. If you are working hard and you're coming home, you don't want to eat only a salad. And the same with the birds. If the, if the work is harder, then they need also the good food. And for sure, if you are racing the extreme long distance, and uh, we, are, we are not talking about 1,000 or 1,200 kilometers, we are talking about 700, 800 kilometers, the pigeon need for sure and minimum four or five days in front of the basketing, they need a, a, a power food, a lot of fat, also a lot of protein. But that is not the animal protein, that's the protein from plants. Mm -hmm. The peas are the, the protein from plants, and the, the protein, the supplement I talked before, is coming from the, from the animals, and that together makes the pigeon strong. Mm -hmm. Use always the animal protein over the feed, which includes the plant protein. That is a little bit my recommendation to do. Another thing what I want to ask you, we spoke when was rang you last week about that new virus, what you talked about, happy virus in Germany, with its swollen eyes. Yeah. Is it, is it something new or is it an old, older virus? No, I think, I, I'm, I cannot say if it's, um, if it's an older virus, perhaps from time to time um, you could follow, but we notice here that the last two years the problems are becoming more. And uh, the signs are easy to see because the eyelid is becoming a little bit more thick, but the eye is not becoming wet. Mm. Um, the results, it's, it's only, uh, at this moment, it's only to see at young birds. And the results of the young birds are going a little bit down. Mm. Um, some people recommend to, um, to vaccine against, but what I see is, that the vaccine is not working in minimum of 50-60% of the, of the lofts. Mm. So what is working for sure is uh, to, um, to treat them with a cortisone, with an, with an, with an eye drop or something, mm. which is for sure not allowed uh, in the racing season because it's, uh, it's doping. Cortisone is always, using cortisone is always doping. Mm. But at the end, if it helps to the pigeons, then mm. I, I don't raise them for one, two weeks, treat them, and if everything is fine, I raise them again. Mm. It's better to do that than, um, than not to treat and to raise a pigeon which is not 100% okay. We had, when we had last year the outbreak of that rotor virus, a following, a following thing was the bird got swollen eyes, and the fans have got recommended to use an eye cream, what's called Kennecomp. And one of the ing ingredients is, uh, in English, triamethylene, what is cortisone steroid. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what the fans said to use here. Yeah. And it definitely but helps the vision. They went, they went over, yeah. no? At the end, it's the same. Can you, can, you, can you explain the Australian sensor, the moment where you're giving a pigeon cortisone, what it does to the pigeon? Um, the cortisone does to the pigeon the same like to the, to the humans. So if you have an, a very strong infection, 
um, whatever in eye, in intestine, and in, 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 uh, yes, and wherever um, you get from from a doctor, you get a combination from uh, antibiotic with cortisone. Normally, cortisone is extremely antibacterial, but it's uh, the the way the working way is different, um, and uh, so it's very very strong, uh, but it helps extreme. But in pigeon sport, it has um, for sure an, an effect on the performance. So that is the reason the the cortisone preparations are in in every competition. They are on the doping list. Yeah, you are you are allowed to use the the cortisone for the for the pigeons which are not in the racing team. But if they are on the racing team, you are not to race them on cortisone because you stop the mold completely. So in former times when nobody knows about that things, uh, they were using eye drops, cortisone eye drops, mm. and um, they had unbelievable young birth results. Mm. So the mold was stopping completely, mm. and the performance are going is going extremely high. Mm. So um, then the the people noticed. Uh, that it's working very well, and they did it and did it, and then they um, they see it's coming from the cortisone, mm. and then now it's on the doping list. Nobody is allowed to do it, and if you would do it here, and uh, they make control, uh, if you're racing very well, they control you for sure, mm. and they catch you, then you are you are out on the uh, on the competition for minimum of two years. And here's a band from Australia called the Bushwhackers. And uh, they've been around for a while, the Bushwhackers, and they've got a, a new lineup in the Bushwhackers. And let's have a listen to their great song on the top 40 country Australian charts. And that's the Bushwhackers with This Little Town here on Pigeon Radio Australia. When I first came here, well I wasn't really sure Felt like I'd lost something important When I turned and closed the door But we planted seeds and painted walls Took our daily stroll And lungfuls of that river air Slipped into my soul This little town is jacarandas, walks in the afternoon Roses and camellias, magnolias in bloom It's just a little spot in the country where the river runs wide and brown But it's starting to feel like home, this little town Funny thing about this place There's people here that I like Well, I'll stop and chat when you're walking your dog Call out when you're riding your bike Love to look in your garden Leaning over the fence Well, I'll pass you a beer 
give you advice I'm thankful to call them friends And this little town is jacarandas Walks in the afternoon Roses and camellias Magnolias in bloom Just a little spot in the country Where the river runs wide and brown But it's starting to feel like home This little town We've got an Indian restaurant Cake shop and a cafe Place to buy wine and bread and cheese The time to stop and say g'day Sometimes in the evening There's wine under the stars Half too loud with their neighbours We're grateful for where we are In the quiet darkness There's blossoms on the breeze And the jacarandas drop their flowers Making pools beneath the trees And it's come to the end of another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia here on 88.3 Southern FM. We'll catch up with you next week here on Pigeon Radio Australia. Until then, cheerio. So, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon.